Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode five of the L Rambles podcast. I am your host, L, and I am here with my beautiful co host, Jules, Coach Jules. And today we are going to talk about why you should or should not compete. So if you listen to our podcast from last Tuesday, we told you that every other week will be a competition-based podcast, so you kind of know when to expect one, if you are a competitor or not a competitor, and you can kind of determine if this is something you want to listen to or not. We want to kind of hit both audiences. We have, you know, our, our little bit that are competitors and the rest of our audience are just people that want to be fit for life. It's when someone asks you in the gym, what are you training for? You're like, life, bro. I'm training for life. And, and that's a fun that's a fun way to live and train. Um, so hello to our competitors. Uh, today, uh, we are going to kind of dive into some stuff that we actually talked about this past weekend at our Team Best Fit Body Fitness weekend. So Jules, you want to do a little recap of our weekend? Yes, I, I would love to. And, and hello, everybody out there. And hello to my beautiful co-host, Elle. Uh, this past weekend, I'll really quickly, um, for the past several years, we have run what we call our fitness weekends. And those are opportunities for uh, people to come together from all different levels of um, experience in the fitness world to learn, to share, um, to stretch their limits in terms of what they can do physically as well as emotionally and mentally in realms of um, fitness. This past weekend, we did a little differently. We had one day on wellness topics and one day that was specifically for uh, fitness competitors. Typically, one day is a little more emphasized, but this year we really uh, made very two different distinctions. And I know I as much work as it goes into these, I feel as, you know, as part of the presentation team, um, as a coach, I always come away very fired up for so many reasons. So, oh my God, today I am, I can barely walk because I deadlifted yesterday. And I think that I, because I took Saturday and Sunday off because from the gym, from working out myself, because we had the whole weekend going on. I was like, oh, I'll take the two days off. And yesterday I went into the gym so fired up my deadlifts, I can't walk today. It's just, it's so funny that being around like-minded individuals where you can laugh, cry, share, it, there's nothing better to energize you than to be around other people that just straight up get it. Absolutely. And I know for me as, you know, I consider myself a health educator, nutrition and, and fitness educator. I, I love being able to really um, get back to my roots of the face-to-face since our clients, most of them, you know, all of them are online and we do get to have some face-to-face time um, with some of them, but to be able to be really a lot more hands-on, it really, it really just, um, it just gives me a little more pep to my step for every part of what I, what we do every day. So, so yeah, so that was our fitness weekend. And I think it's, it really uh, helped us even thinking about what would be a great topic for us to cover today in our, um, in our first uh, um, podcast um, on competition prep. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this talk really was, 
inspired by some of the stuff that we talked about over the weekend. So you guys are going to get basically a, you know, a little recap if you weren't able to make it. And um, we have some exciting programs and communities coming out um, for the general public because we can't always have everybody fly into central Massachusetts and join us for these weekends. So that is coming. Um, but before we start, I do want to just say that if you are to leave us a review and you screenshot that review and email it to us, you will be put into a giveaway for a four-week training program from our team. Uh, You'll be able to use our Team Best Fit Body app with all the videos and um, it's a really fun and interactive way to take your program to the next level. So we have a winner from last week And she will be emailed right after this podcast is done recording. But I want to say congrats to Mary. And thank you to Mary for leaving us a very nice review. Uh, So an email is coming your way after winning a four-week training program. So um, if you at any point want to uh, leave us a review, um, just go ahead into into your iTunes app. And it's really easy to just do it. Um, You you can hit (laughs) all five of those stars and leave us a review. um, we we like the feedback, uh, and we love when you guys share. Love the feedback, your please. Thoughts. So let's let's dive in. I'm gonna give yeah. uh, give Jules the ability to start here. Okay. Well, one of the um, one of the things that we always talk about when we run our our competition um, workshops is um, a conversation. And I think that's the best way to, to look at this, a conversation about competing. And, you know, I say the good, the bad, and the ugly about it because as um, competition coaches, you know, our job is to help guide people through their fitness journeys, whether they choose to compete or not, whether they choose to, you know, participate in other fitness avenues, but competitions in terms of physique competitions, uh, bodybuilding, figure, bikini, um, physique, um, you know, it's, it's a very niche sport. And I think that it's important that we have open and honest conversations about making the decision to do it. It is a hobby sport, but the way that I always say most of the people who make the decision compete is they sure do not treat it like a hobby. Mm-hmm. They, um, they, they really treat um, or uh, approach their um, preparation for it as if it is a, a job. And, you know, so I think it's very important for us to be honest and open about all the aspects of it. Um, and so I think that it's important that we – that anybody who is looking into this, they spend the time to consider, you know, and obviously, we're not going to be able to cover in an hour podcast all the all of the pros and cons. But I did want to make sure that Ellen and I covered some of the, the common ones that we experience with yeah. our clients. I, I will say that I really was wanting to do this podcast at this phase in my journey and you know this phase in the our business's journey because i actually did a little bit of research online and i was trying to see if anybody else had some videos or podcasts or articles about why one should or should not compete and actually what i found was a lot of the times that people were discussing when you shouldn't compete 
or should compete basically is either when they're sick of it so that's when they would get that you would get those articles or videos that say why you shouldn't compete and it's coming from a very passionate person that is just like fed up with prep they you know they they did a prep they had a bad prep or something negative happened in their life and so you'll either get these and I don't want to say they're biased everyone's entitled to their own opinion but I think that right now I both Joel's and I are very neutral and we have our opinions about the the good you know the good the bad the ugly but we are not overly passionate one way or another based off of our personal experiences and I think that anytime you talk to somebody about competitions it really is a lot of times based off of their personal experience. So you have to be careful when you're listening to these things not to be kind of sucked into a really negative attitude or a really positive attitude one way or another. So it's like, you know, it's like every single time you take in a new idea, you have to think like, okay, so what place is that person that's explaining it coming from? Yes, I think that's excellent. And I think that that's, I hear that a lot of times people will come and they'll be almost like interviewing us as coaches. And I embrace that, Ellen, I embrace that you should interview your coach um, about, you know, what their philosophies are and their feelings are. So when people often will come and they'll talk to us, I will often hear that, you know, they, uh, somebody decided to work with somebody, but the person they were working with they lost steam and so that their experience you know maybe that client was really moving along and then their their actual coach they hired started to have input in it on their own personal end and you know if you're hiring a a, somebody who's going to help you through something they should really be looking at what's best for you not necessarily what's best for them and so when and that's I think Ellen just actually out brought up a really um, great way to sort of explain it we are um, we're passionate about things and even in our lives you know I I'm not competing right now um, but I'm just as passionate about making sure those who come to us for competing um, get what they need from us as coaches and it's it's independent of my personal feelings it's really all dependent upon what our clients come to us and we will be always honest with you about the pros and cons and if we see you know the some of these the good the bad and the uglies happening we are open and honest about conversations so that's a great point about we're not interested and just because we decide that we are competing doesn't mean that everybody should compete. If we decide we're not competing, that doesn't mean that nobody should compete. And, uh, you know, one of the things, um, well, I guess I was going to kind of go through some of Jump my experiences through, through the years. And, you know, Ellen and I were talking about sort of how, how to even talk about this perspective of, you know, competing and um, making that decision to compete. You know, I've been in this industry for about 35 years, and I've seen so many things change in what drives populations, or you know, in general, to be motivated and excited. And, you know, when I was a trainer in the 80s, everybody was, you know, everybody was running races, it was the thing to do. And, you know, through the years, things have changed. And now it seems that everybody wants to do a competition. And, um, and, and so we have to look at the trends of fitness and the trends of even what's happening in um, competitions. So Elle, I would just want to give you a chance um, to I jump in here for to- a second. I wanted to ask you what you think about social media and competing. And I want to know your thoughts if you think that it's good for the sport or if you think that it's taking away 
from what the sport was like maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I think that the answer is that there's a there's a there's a lot of both. Uh, social media has definitely expanded the awareness that a competition is out there. So it's sort of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, did social media sort of, you know, come develop um, the craze for people to compete? Or because people just started to love the sport and promoters, because it's a business, and, and I guess I could talk a little bit about that too in a completely different podcast, but the business of competitions, it's a business, and people who are promoters, they make money running shows, and so it's one of those, if you build it, they will come, and through the years, more and more people have participated in the sport, so more and more promoters saw it as opportunities because the competitions became popular for them to start another competition because the more competitions they had, the more people would come, the more money they would make on promoting. And so it became this, it, it definitely has become this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, I'm going to go compete. I show up, the show is packed. The promoter says, I'm going to have another show. And it just kind of blossoms from there. And I think that social media, um, just like anything else, it will go in circles. And I've noticed the, that at the very beginning, probably about four or five years ago when social media really started to kind of open things up, there was this great positivity about competing. And it did drive a lot of people to competing. But there were a lot of people that probably shouldn't have competed, um, who walked away with some sour taste in their mouth. And then now I'm starting to see more and more that sort of filter. And there's a lot of um, bashing uh, and, uh, you know, it's sort of like skinny shaming, fat shaming, all that kind of stuff. You know, you do a competition, you do a competition. And I kind of feel that, um, you know, I mean, I feel that lots of things have had that happen. And um, I feel so, I feel like competitions that social media almost makes it seem like someone has to do a competition as if it's like their next phase in fitness and I think that people get a little caught up in that. So say someone's in great shape, someone's working out, they're watching what they eat, they're building muscle, they're pretty lean. And, you know, then they are starting to post some pictures online and people are like, oh, are you competing? And it may have been something that they weren't even thinking about. But then you get these pressures from other people like, oh, you should compete. Oh, you should compete. And a lot of times I'll see somebody in the gym or even on social media too. But a lot of times this happens in person and, and they'll be like, oh, so you're, you compete? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about it? And they're like, oh, well, no. And I go, don't. I go, if you live this lifestyle <laughs> and you love it and this is motivating for you, I joke with them and I say, don't. I was like, you know, unless you have that desire, you know, we're going to go into the pros and cons, but unless you have that burning desire to step on stage and compete, don't do it. <laughs> well, so. yeah, not everybody should compete. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the biggest reasons to not to do a competition is because everybody else is doing it. And there and are sometimes because people, everybody's saying, hey, you should do one. You should do them. And, and that's when people tell you you should do one, then what you should do 
is start to research and you know listen and, to our and podcast. Li- listen to our podcast because it it really you know a lot of times when people come to work with us and we go through and we start to go through the steps of you know what it takes sometimes we discover that it really is not right for them and we are always open and honest and say you know maybe competing is not the goal for you but there's lots of other wonderful goals to be had I feel like there's probably a like maybe a 25 to even 50 percent people that of the people that come to us that say they want to compete that we end up saying hey maybe not right now or not um, right now yeah. that's right that's right and and so never you say know, never Right. And, and this really comes down to one of the most critical things that that I ask and need to know it before somebody competes is their reasons to compete. Because if they say, well, all my friends are doing it or, you know, I went to one and I could see myself doing it. I, I usually have to dig a little deeper and to have them understand, you know, what it takes and, and what it can mean. And, you know, there are definitely situations where competitions you know, should really not be on your on your plan. That doesn't mean never, never, but that also may may mean not right, not right now. Um, but so, um, Elle, should I just go through a little bit let's about? Go, let's go, go through. Let's start. Let's hit one point. Um, you know, let's hit a pro and a con. Um, okay. And okay. what what do you think? What's well, a, what's a major pro? Well, one of the things that I do that I'm always sort of caught in this little caveat, whereas sometimes people will um, say that, you know, they want to compete, but they don't want to compete until they can win. And I'm always kind of stuck because I believe that that's a great attitude that they want to prepare themselves to win but you won't know if you're going to be able to win or be able to be competitive until you until you try so it is one of those uh, again chicken before the egg and how do we know are you going to be competitive are you capable of doing what it takes to get there so that's always kind of a a, a little bit of a, a gray area but one of the um one of the pros i guess is that it can build a lot of self-confidence along the way. It can teach you, and this is why when somebody says that they want to work on their confidence factor, I do say that that's, it's, it is a great propeller to compete um, because it does teach you that you are capable of a lot more than you might have thought. Um, but on the other hand, it can kind of kill your it can confidence. be a con just yeah and and i want to elaborate on that just because yeah it's it's great competing does make you stand up a little taller because i think that anytime you have a purpose in in life not like competing is you know a life's purpose type of thing but anytime you have a big goal that you're working towards and you feel really good about you just tend to have a little bit more of a pep in your step you have a little bit more of like you know I can do anything because this is I've got my eyes set on something and I'm making this work and that work um so the confidence is great but then again you you then it kind of flips and you become hyper critical of yourself and so, yeah, you may be confident and you may be feeling really good about yourself, but the second that something goes wrong, you start to put, have this fixed mindset like, I'm a failure, or I, you know, I'm no good, or 
it can really be very black and white there. Absolutely. And I always um, tell people that this sport is a sport that either you have to have a very, what I call the thick skin, um, or you have to learn how to develop one, which I do believe can be an incredible asset for people to learn to um, be less vulnerable for other people's opinions, which is very funny because what is this school? What is this sport based on? But the opinions of other people that you don't know that really should have no control over your life. But a lot of times, people will turn it around and they start to chop themselves down because of the comparisons, which is the base of the sport. So one of the the mental fortitudes that if you're going to embrace competition is you have to be able to be prepared to learn how to not only have the self-confidence, but also to be able to differentiate between what um, you should be vulnerable to and shouldn't be when your confidence or your emotions start to go up and down. And this, I do believe, can be a very positive thing, but you have to be cognizant of, of it along the way, and you have to be prepared all along the way. And 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 if that's one of the areas that you really want to grow in, it can be an amazing place to, to really grow. But if you're really, really vulnerable, or if you're not able to... Um, push through that part, then competition, really, you should just step away. Uh, because it can really just, yeah, I hate to say it this way, but it can really destroy you at the end of the day, versus doing what you set out for it to build you up. And um, that takes a lot of personal strength. Yeah. You want to add anything to that? You just have to be really willing to work through that. So people will say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then the time comes where they're dealing with someone's, someone else's negative comments or something like that. And it really prevents you from maybe hitting your macros or getting your workouts in. And it just it, it can really take a lot out of you to try to deal with those feelings if you feel like, you're you're more sensitive to what others think i mean yes. again a lot of people develop that like no i'm doing this for me and i think that that is one thing that we are pretty good at instilling in our clients like this is your time this is your goal like someone's gonna make a snide comment at work about you always eating too bad this is you know you're gonna always eat because you have goals and at the end of the day you right. go to bed with your decisions and you wake up with them, not your coworker. Exactly. And, you know, people will make comments, you know, and especially if you're starting to lean out and your muscles are showing and they might even make a comment like, oh, I don't think I'd like as much muscle as you have when you're that was me. your, well, that's <laughs> right. And that may have been your goal. And, and whereas like last week and you're checking with your coach, you were so proud of how much muscle you have. And then somebody makes an off the cuff comment and you start to second guess yourself and that could stop you dead in your tracks. So you have to be firmly committed to what you really want. And, and sometimes that's really hard because people for all the years and thousands of people I've worked with, the majority of people have a really hard time verbalizing what they really want. So, you know, this is something that you have to learn along the way. And again, I say sometimes you have to learn to put that little tef Teflon bubble around you and let those words that people say to you 
bounce off. And if they break through the Teflon, then you need to figure out how to get another layer if this is really what you want. So that's about all I have to say on the self-confidence, yeah, lack yeah. of confidence thing here. So um, I think I'd like to go into a, a different negative and a little why maybe you shouldn't compete or uh, a little bit more timeline wise. Um, so one of the biggest things that you will hear about and possibly notice, and this is hard because you will hear people say, well, that didn't happen to me. Well, I'm good at this. Well, I'm, I didn't deal with that. All of these things are very individual. So you may experience none of these, you may experience all of these, or maybe some and not some. So I want to talk about relationships um, and your social life and even uh, your relationship. We can even go with food. So your relationships may suffer because a couple of reasons. People don't get it. You know, your family doesn't get it. Um, Your friends don't get it. Uh, Or you just simply don't have the time. So in order to be successful in a prep, you do have to be pretty good at time management. And if you can factor in your time to spend with friends, family, loved ones, um, and then also get all your training in and you're not skipping out on, you know, events early because you got to hit the gym um, or just saying no to these events altogether, then you'll be perfectly fine. But a lot of times people will, you know, we have busy lives. They'll, they'll find that they're either too tired to go to a party or a a dinner after work, um, or they just don't want to be around the food because they can't eat it. Um, So you have to be very, very careful of your relationships. I would say if you're just newly into a relationship with somebody and you're trying to build that and strengthen that relationship, maybe a prep is not the right time to go, you know, jump right into. What do you think about that? Well, I I think um, I agree. I think you have to be able to make sure that you act like an adult with your responsibilities. So if you accept the, the commitment and the res- responsibility of um, of deciding to do a competition. I will say, though, it's it's hard. Most people will find it's hard to just do that. So there's, and not to say that that's an excuse, but it's like, okay, so it's great. We can tell you like, okay, we'll just don't let your relationship suffer because that's not the adult thing to do. What do you do when that just starts to happen. Well, let me just um, add a little bit on there just because I think this may give a little bit of a perspective. Most first-time competitors, um, once they make the decision to compete, it really literally takes up every waking moment. Matter of fact, even when they sleep, they dream about competing. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they start to talk about it all the time. They start to push things away because they get an adrenaline rush when they're thinking about it. Nothing is giving them more excitement in their day-to-day life than competing. And so what happens is other people around them start to get kind of tired of that. Um, if you decide you're going to compete, you have to learn how to shut up. (laughs) You have to learn how to shut it off. And I know my first competition, I, I, I did that. 
I literally, you know, lived it, thought about it all the time. Um, I was very good at being quiet about it, um, but I thought about it all the time. And and then as I did more and more competitions, I got better and better at shutting um, it off. And I remember, I think it must have been my third or fourth um, competition, and I had um, an exam for continuing education, and it was a big, it was a big exam, and I had to spend the entire weekend, the week. It was my start of my peak week and it was the deadline. I had no choice. And otherwise people, you know, I would say never do this, but I knew I could do it and I knew I could compartmentalize my thoughts. I knew I could be organized, you know, by a mom of two high school, college kids. I had my job as a trainer. I was all over the place and I was, you know, prepping for a show, but I knew that, and a husband <laughs> that I had to take care of, but I knew take I care that, well, that I had, you know, I had all these things going on, but I had to literally allocate when I was training, I would think about competition. When I was food prepping, I could think about competition, but all the other times I had to be in the moment. Yeah. And that really, if, if you're going to compete and you want to not suffer some of those social issues, you have to learn how to be organized with your thoughts. Do you think that in your first competition versus your fourth say you got better at it oh absolutely absolutely I got better you get better at everything (laughs) yeah you definitely you learn and so that even goes to the point where you said at the beginning if what is ready and so a lot of people will be like oh you know I'm not going to do it until I know I can win it's like okay well but you 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 will learn and you'll get better as you go I do want to you did start to say uh, a minute ago about um shutting up about about the competition (laughs) so I will say that a lot of times that's pretty difficult to do because once people know what you're training for it's like that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth when they talk to you and so it is it's it's fun to talk about um and and you should you should be excited about and you should share your thoughts when other people ask you about it but it shouldn't be the center of the conversation for every conversation Um, And it also made me think of a book. I actually, the first book that I read in 2018 was finished by John A. Cuff. And in the, and basically the whole entire book is about literally just finishing what you start and like how just as humans, we put so much on our plate and we start one thing. And if it doesn't go the way that we want it to go, we start another thing and we can't ever really finish things. So what he he discussed is that they find that people who even just announce that they're doing something to other people. And so say you just put it out there on social media, like I'm going to do a competition. You basically get a bit of a a rush and a dopamine response from everybody being like, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's awesome. And that is one of the reasons why we don't finish a lot of things because we are, I mean, there's a million reasons why we don't finish things, but that little aspect, I was like, whoa, that is so true. You think about if you just tell somebody like, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon. And they're like, that's so amazing. Wow, I can never do that. You already feel like, oh, yeah, they can never do that. I feel great. And so with competing, even just saying like, hey, I'm going to compete, a lot of people get this like like rush. Um, and that just becomes a, kind of like a status um, feeling like, oh, somebody's looking at me like I can do this and I'm so great. It's It's another motivator to do it. 
And it also can be a demotivator because yeah. if you have a rough day or you go through a patch and say you've, I, I, I hear this a lot of times when I have um, clients who we're working with and they're competing and then something comes up, whatever it is in their life or, and, and the decision needs to be made that they need to step away from competing or change the date of the show and they get a sense of embarrassment and, and they give it, they even tell me often, I don't want to let you down as the as the coach and I, I say like, this what? is this is this is a decision and and it's based on whatever reasons that there are and this is not a sense of, of failure or quitting and unless you say I'm just quitting because I just it's too hard I'm going to give up and but then there's usually a, a reason for that so I don't like when people say oh they're just going to you know I don't want to admit this. And then they get embarrassed and they disappear. And, and, and that's really a disservice. And that's where I think sometimes people walk away with a sour yeah. taste about competing is because they put it out there that they're going to do it. And maybe even things have been going great. And this happens. We've had clients that this has happened to, that things are going great. And all of a sudden something happens and then they, they stop and, and then they disappear. And, and, and then, I know that they feel embarrassed or they feel uncomfortable about now I, you know, I failed. And and so this can really, again, goes back to that, that kind of the, that confidence thing, instead of putting that Teflon around them and saying, you know, I made this choice that competing right now is not for me, or I made this choice to push the show off for another time. And, and so I do think that, um, that pressure and, and, you know, you've announced it to the world now what's going to happen if you made that decision to change it you know in reality it's your goal (laughs) in reality it's your life and other people's um uh, you know it's not for them to be excited about or not excited about it's great when they when you have you walk into the gym and you have all the people cheering you on um but also it shows a lot of maturity to be able to say you know what right now wasn't good for me so did you want to add something yeah, else? I want to bring up the social media aspect of it too. So um, because you are going to have people that know what you're doing. And so it, we'll even go into the <laughs> – there's like so there's like so much like juicy stuff about social media and competing that I'm like I've got like all of these things going on in my head right now. But you can't – do it because your followers know that you're going to do it and like expect you to do it. Um, I think in the social media world, like we talked about at the beginning, um, there are kind of a lot of pressures and people do feel like they need to compete like it's the next step. But you also don't need to compete because you've told followers that you are going to compete. And I am a true testament to this <laughs> statement because if you guys have followed me on social media for you know the past five years, you know the numerous times I've gone back and forth with, okay, I'm going to compete and I'm or I'm not going to compete, um, or I'm in a prep and then I'm not in a prep, and. It actually used to, I think I got one troll one time. One person sent me an email like three times and they were like, you're wishy-washy, you're you're a bad example, you're this and that. And um, like, like, oh, you want to compete and then you don't. And I, I, I remember, I think I cried over it. <laughs> like I literally think that I was really upset over it. And then I was like, you want to know what? 
out of all of the th- all of the things I let that affect me when I had a million people telling well maybe not a million but I had a bunch of people telling me thanks for being transparent because I go through this too I go yeah. through that do I want to compete do I not want to compete because truthfully it's a big freaking decision it is it's a huge it decision is. to decide and and so there is a part of you that if you are going to compete you're allowed to explore that okay yes i'm committed and i think that you don't truly know if it's right for you until you start the commitment and see if you can stick to it and so the successful preps that people have are when they are all in and so if you are if you start one and that's what what happened to me a few times is i would start one because i thought it was what i wanted because i because that I have loved competing and I've done very well and I've had great seasons. And so that feeling of success, there's a, there's a drive there. And those feelings of loving it, there's a drive there. So I thought, you know, Hey, let's give it a go again. And then it wasn't the right time and I had to pull back. And so I did feel, I think oftentimes pressures from social media because I had said it. And then I was like, screw it. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to deal with my emotions and I'm going to put it out there because that's who I am. Um, And so I think that's so important that during this process, although there are certain, you know, rules and expectations of a competitor, I'm doing like little quotes underneath the table right now. Um, You guys can't see me. Dark quotes. Yeah, yeah. But my hands were like under the table, so Jules couldn't even see them either. But but I – there – you're allowed to be a human during this process. So although we're going over all these, you know, when you should and shouldn't compete and these pros and cons, it's okay to feel these things. It's okay to be like, oh man, my relationship is suffering like a little bit as long as you are able to identify that and try to fix it. So it doesn't mean that you need to flat out quit your prep if you feel like, wow, maybe I'm just not giving enough attention to my boyfriend or my husband or my kids. Um, You just have to be like, okay, well, what can I do starting now? Like, I'm not going to wait till prep's over. Um, I'm going to start now. Yeah. And I think that's part of the learning process. I think that's part of your journey and to maybe teach you how to, you know, people talk about balance all the time. And and it's, you know, your path is not going to be a straight path. There's going to be lots of, you know, bumps and, you know, forks in the road and detours. And so the success of you getting to the goal of whatever it is, is learning how to navigate them. What I do have to say a pet peeve of mine about social media that we really didn't have years ago when, you know, when people were competing and doing all this without social media is the negativity that I see when somebody finishes a prep or decides not to prep after prepping and they, they start to bash everything about it. And, and the, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff out there about competing, but there's a lot of bashing too. And it's, you know, I see it with CrossFit. People bash CrossFit. I prefer not to do CrossFit. It's not my mode of personal training, but we work with a lot of CrossFit athletes who pu- push on to their personal goals and do amazing things because it's their passion. So it's not for anybody else to start to bash other people's choices. And I think that's if I could change anything about social media is, you know, I don't think doing a competition because of everybody else doing a CrossFit. I mean, um, I don't know why I say CrossFit, it, doing a competition because you're seeing everybody do doing one. I also don't think that if you've made the decision not to do one, that you should start to bash it or start to say, you know, 
anything with it is is a negative thing. I think it's great to share your experience, but you know, sometimes I see things and I just I step away and go catch your breath. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is it's your right to, you know, to to platform what yeah. you want obviously. Yeah. But um I do think that there's a lot of pressure positively and negatively um on things and there's not one right to do fitness. You know, there's just not one right, yeah, right way a, to do fitness. A million different different ways to. Yeah. I will say that, so, you know, in this, I guess we can, do you have another pro or con that you want to discuss? I definitely have a few more. Um, yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. go, why don't you, why don't you bring something um, else up? Well, so I guess one of the really big things um, that's a pro is that it is amazing to watch what the human body and you, if you make the decision to compete, are capable of doing in the changes that your body can um, can experience. I have that and on my list. Too. Did you have like, that on I your said, list? Too? I literally wrote, "It's pretty flippin' cool to watch it's, your body transform." Word for word, that's exactly, exactly. what I wrote. <laughs> it really is amazing, and and if, I think one of the biggest pros that um, I know for me competing was really, you know, and, and this goes back to the fact that I did my first competition at the age of forty nine, and I was pretty fit, but I had never really um, pushed that set, far. Yeah, I never set myself to a continuous a continuum on a plan. Um, so, you know, my training was always a little bit more open-ended goals. And so to have that timeline goal, it it it, it is really freaking amazing. And and working with I probably a th- into the a hundred, you know, over a thousand clients through the course of my my years with competition prep, um, is that you know, when we have a timeline, most things happen at at a, an incredibly fascinating pace. Um, when you when you have things planned and programmed and and sort of you know it is meticulously calculated, um, and when you have a lot more control over the input that you're doing, you know your food intake, your your stress management, um, your your training. Um, cardio, lifting, flexibility, all those things that you can really watch the progression of changes. But then on the other hand, it can also hugely affect your body image. And um, it can affect your body image along the way. And it can also affect your body image later on. Um, And so, you know, we, we know that a lot of people who come into competition prep already come in with a little bit of a body dysmorphia. Competition prep can actually, you know, sort of pull out the, the demons of body dysmorphia even more. And I know me personally, when I coach my clients through it, at certain points during their prep, and I sometimes I have to say it several times because I don't think it settles in, where I say to them, I ask them, so how comfortable are you at this phase with your training and your nutrition? And, you know, they'll say, no, I could do this for a long time and they look amazing and it may be somewhere between four and eight weeks out from their show and then when they're done with the show and we get them that's my goal is to get them between that four and eight weeks because they're feeling great and they're looking great and it's manageable they still can't stop looking at their competition pictures and they still can't get themselves out of their competition suit when they really should not be Wearing that yeah. competition I want to say you know, something, two or three months after. I want to say something super, super important for anybody that has competed or is going to compete. So when you get to that four, I think that we th- we thrive in 
what makes us most comfortable. And so during the process, like Jules just said, if you are, you know, between four and eight weeks out and really loving your physique, you should make that your goal after the show. So I think that the 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 correlation, because this definitely isn't cause and effect, but the correlation between how you look and then the actions that are getting you to how you look has a huge impact on how you really feel about how you look. So to explain that in, Jules is shaking her head, like she gets what I'm saying, but I just want to make sure that um, you listening understand what I'm saying. So say you're prepping um, 16 weeks, you get to show day, um, you really do feel great throughout the whole whole process, you get to show day, you, you know, win first place, whatever, a week, two, three, four weeks go by, you've gained 30 pounds because you can't stop binging. So I'm just saying, like, this is, this, I'm just saying that this is what I mean. So you ought, you, maybe not automatically, but you will start to feel probably a little bit like garbage um, because of what actions you were not able to control after the prep, which causes your body to look a certain way. Now, let's say 16, 20, 30 weeks go by and you've gained 15 pounds. You will be much happier because your actions led you to gain that muscle, build that muscle. So there's a huge correlation between what we find to be positive actions and the what the results are and how we feel about it. And so that time post-show is so critical in kind of maintaining that body image because I know I, I have clients that I work with who will gain 10 pounds after 10, you know, 10, 15, 20, whatever, how many weeks it, it is is appropriate because um, everybody's very different um, and they feel great. But if they were, but in the past they've gained that same amount of weight, but they've gained it rapidly. Um, it, there's a there is a huge correlation between how we feel and what the actions are that we feel um, are appropriate. Yeah, and I do think that this really does come down to um, a couple of things. Um, one I mentioned earlier about a lot of times people don't know how to verbalize what they really want. Um, and so they will say after, you know, they're getting ready for their post-show and they're like, yeah, I, I agree. I, this is what I want. I want to try to hold on to this, but then their actions don't follow what they verbally say. And, and they struggle with why they can't do it, um, the same way that they did it for the show. And, and so, you know, this is where sometimes this, this, actions following, um, you know, what their commitment is, there's this gap. And this is where that post-show part is, and a lot of people struggle with, that that has to come back to this equilibrium and just say, look, we have to find a balance. You were dialing into this show. This show, you know, we don't try, we don't prep people with extremes, but it still is an extreme sport. And the human body does not want to maintain the leanness for the stage. So your body, you know, all the time. So your body is going to give you signals to not continue doing this. And so we have to be able to help you through that process. Um, and you have to be able to communicate and verbalize and be realistic in what you may want, but then really what you want. And so it's, this can be one of the big cons um, about, 
you know, dialing into the show can be beautiful and you can have a great dial in, but you have to be prepared to keep working hard. And, you know, the statistics for people, even just people who are, you know, every day and they, they lose weight, not every competitor needs to lose weight, but they have to be diligent and, and live the practice to make those changes happen. But the number of people who within a year, if they lose weight within that year, within, you know, a year of them gaining everything back is about 85%. Okay. And athletes, competitors are in that number. And then two years out, 95% of all people who have you know, lost weight and hit their goal, gain it back. And by the time we get a little further out. So, so you have to realize that if you're going to do all of these activities, they, what you can maintain has to follow through with what your body's going to show. And it can't be a, an inconsistent, like I'm following, you know, my training and my nutrition for two weeks, and then I go off for three weeks and I don't. Um, so it has to be that same level of commitment um, to, to whatever your next goal is. And if it's not competing again, then it's not competing again. Then, but yeah, if it's not competing yeah. again, then you should follow our lifestyle f- facet of this podcast because we we literally are trying to get it out there that competitions aren't everything, but they are a beautiful thing if you choose for them to be your thing. So Jules and I are huge supporters and encouragers of those who want to compete and they want to do it in a healthy manner and so we go back and forth her and I quite a bit about what our um you know what our next we try to keep up with the times and we try to keep up with what what is going on in society like on social media and what exposure people have to competing and we're like wow you know some you know people competing is kind of getting a bad a bad rap because like Jules was saying there's a lot of negativity and it's like it's our our job and what we feel it's like our duty to be positive um I guess supporters for competing and for those who do want to push on to the goal and not and to block out that negativity so we want you know we want to be there to push you along if that is your goal um because it's still it's still a beautiful thing um even though her and i are not competing at the moment um and even if there is you know some negative backlash from others um because there's always going to be something you know someone's going to say like oh well you're going to ruin your metabolism or you're going to gain a bunch of weight back (laughs) at the end of it so well i can tell you i have competed on and off for going on nine years and my metabolism even at the age of 57 is far from from being damaged Are you and 57? i'm 57 I, I am dang Are you really i really am yes Man. as of my last birthday as of, <laughs> I, let me check i really think i've been calling you like 50 for the past like seven, seven years, years probably yeah that's okay she's 50. yeah no, i'll and, give and you it, i'll give you 57 that's amazing well thank you but i do believe that if you know, and again, I feel that if it's something that excites you, if it gets you um, motivated, if it if it really is a, a goal to push you to the next level, it I always say you can you can always try, and if you allow yourself the commitment and and with the attitude that you're going to see it through, 
and your focus is to be the absolute best that you can be and to be as competitive with yourself, then that's going to be, uh, it's just going to be a wonderful experience. And, it, you know, can everybody be a number one? No. But you don't know if you don't try. And you can, you can always decide that it's not for you. And that's okay. Because everybody needs to have a goal. And it's sometimes good to realize that that goal is not the right goal. And you can just change goals. Yeah, so I, I um, that was great. I, I want to wrap up and just kind of go over the last few, um, you know, what we kind of covered in today's episode. And then I do want to talk a little bit for a few minutes about um, something else. I'm like giggling over here. I'll wait. <laughs> but anyway, to wrap up kind of, you know, the pros and the cons, we, we definitely do believe there are both. And I, pr- I think they're pretty equal, the pros and the cons. And I think you'll hear more people say that there are a lot of cons with competing. But if it's something that you truly should be doing and want to be doing, those those you know, cons will be manageable. Um, so we talked about confidence and we talked about how beautiful it can be to build that confidence when you are competing, um, when you're, you know, taking a stand and you know this is what you want and you're able to um, really follow through with a goal. That confidence is something like like no other and you'll take it with you for the rest of your life. We also talked about making sure that you're taking care of your relationships and time management and making sure that if you do need to spend time with your kids and your hubby, um, that you maybe you do have to sacrifice that half hour of sleep and get up in the morning a little bit earlier so by the time the kids are out of school, you are also ready to you know sit with them and hang out with them and be in the moment. Um, we also <laughs> talked about how it's pretty flippin' cool to watch this work of art that is your body um, through bodybuilding come through and that is one of the most rewarding parts of competing um, besides all the fun things like really growing and learning Um, but it's cool it is something like you've never seen before um, when your body starts to change and you realize how much control you do have in the manipulation of your training and nutrition and if you have a good coach they will explain a lot of this to you and it won't just be like oh wow this is happening and I have no idea why Um, it's a big learning process but you know although it's cool it can also lead to body dysmorphia um, and kind of disturbed and uh, contorted ideas of what um, you know an everyday healthy body will look like because this is an extreme so there's so 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 many pros and cons. We did not even go through all of them. Um, but I want to just, Jules and I kind of have this little debacle, um, between the two of us because I, and I'm bringing this up because I want to talk about it. So I'm like, I'm not going to ask her what she thinks. I want to talk about it first. Um, (laughs) you're going to know what I, you're going to know what I'm bringing up. Um, but I think that, I do think that if you are going to compete, um, I think that the point of competing is to win and be competitive and so my my take on it is that if you're in a prep if you're 16 weeks to a show and you're not you know where you necessarily should be for competing um 
and you're really far off, not just like, okay, you're not perfect because nobody's perfect. I think that you should set a different goal and push the competition off. And Jules and I have this conversation a lot. Um, and I, I think that because of the point of competitions and because of how mainstream and, and big they've gotten lately, that you really have to be in that competitive space to participate because other people are there with this high level. Um, and I get that there should be, you know, a place for newbies and beginners because everybody does start somewhere. But I do think that there should be like an entry level before you can really compete with other people who maybe have been, you know, are at a higher level. I completely agree. You and do? See, I don't I, No, 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 no. Because... I, I, I know we have this conversation because I think the perspective here is that if you're going to make a commitment to compete, you you really should be all in and you really need to not mess around. And if you're going to compete, you do need to not fool around with your protocols. You, there's a lot of times people will wait until they get to the point where they're at the point of no return and they've paid their money and, yeah. and, they're, and, and then they start to justify it that they're going to compete anyway. And as coaches, we can tell them, you know what, I can tell you, you're not going to be your best that you have potential yeah. on the stage but they get up there anyway. And then, and they tell us, and this is always hard. They will tell us, oh, I don't really care. I just want to get on stage. But the bottom line is when they get up on stage and they're not their best, this is when they can really do some damage because they might walk off the stage. And sometimes they'll walk up and say, look, I just finished. Cause I had that personal, personal experience. I did a fitness um, routine. I could have been better, but I, yeah. I did it for the experience and that was important and it propelled me on to better. But I have thick skin and I didn't take the judges, yeah, you know, critique. I guess, I I guess what but I But there are a lot of people who would, they do care. Yeah. And so it's it's a fine line because it's everybody's personal journey. But I do think if you are going to spend the money to hire a coach, to do everything it takes, that you do yourself a disservice if you do not, if you're not if all you in. Right. And yeah. I, I, guess, mm-hmm. I guess for me, my thing is that I don't think that it's appropriate if you are well outside of the realm of of comp- competing so say you know you still have another 40 pounds to lose you should i i mean i agree and i don't I totally want to and i guess i don't want to say because someone will like hang me for this but i i don't want to say that you shouldn't get you shouldn't get up there if you're 40 pounds over what you should be um because you can really you realistically do what you want um but again in my opinion especially now with the growth of competitions it's that it's not just like a fun bucket list thing anymore um like sometimes you know when they first started to get like kind of popular a little bit more like locally like it just maybe over the past five years and when there's you know now there's way more and there's way more competitors um it's a little bit different now and so that's just kind of like my opinion is that if you want to get healthy and lose weight and look great a competition isn't necessary Absolutely. Do a photo shoot. Do what you a know. Photo do, shoot. Absolutely. Do something else. Like there's um, a lot of transformations. Yeah. You know, journeys that um, you know that different companies have. Um, you know, different websites have. We have transformation um, challenges, challenges on our team, yeah. and I do think that um, if you're going to get up there on stage, 
and you're and you should make sure that you're picking an appropriate show and if yeah. you're not ready for even a novice novice show you know you're not going to go ahead and be able to step on the pro stage the pro stage for sure yeah. you have to work your way through it but i do think that most people you know need that first time experience yeah. and to even but know you if should it's something that they want to do in the future and so it's exactly. true it definitely is true and i think that the main reason why i say you know maybe don't get on stage if you are that far off is because it can really destroy you so and that goes along with more of wanting to protect you and Mm -hmm. say like don't be in such a rush to make this transformation just because a lot of times the people that do end up competing like oh well I'm gonna do it anyway because you know this was my first step it's like it's only after like a year of them lifting and it's like there's some bodybuilders that and I'm talking to like men but like bodybuilders that train for 10 years and they're like no I'm still not ready to compete because like I'm just not quite there yet so don't be in a rush if you do want to step on stage um it especially if you're new in your journey um because it it really can um I guess break you down and and maybe maybe you know when you're there you feel great but then you look back on it and you're like oh wow maybe I shouldn't have done this I'm embarrassed and it's like we don't want anybody to feel like that about their journey we want the journey to be celebrated and enjoyed the whole time so um you know this isn't an this isn't a major argument Jules and I have but I'm always like I you know like let's push the show off on you know this person or that person um and because we ba- we bounce ideas back and forth um, a lot about about this, so I just wanted to bring it up because I yeah no that's fine and and honestly there are people who can make recording. amazing transformations yeah. but they just will never fit what the image what the view right. you know their 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 genetics may just not be it and they may be incredibly conditioned and 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 um and and you know lean enough for stage but they just don't have all the components so you know maybe they don't have enough muscle maybe they don't have you know even the body structure just is not what the competition physique looks like it's like i would love to play basketball but i'm <laughs> short and you know i i could duck i could dribble between people's legs i'm so short but it's so it has to be a sport that matches um what is appropriate but if you know, we we actually have a program in on our team. I'll just put a little plug in there that is is <laughs> geared for the person. Yeah, shameless plug. Um, is geared for the person who maybe wants to experience what it's like to push themselves as if they were a competitor. But the stage is not necessarily the end goal, but maybe a photo shoot's at the end, or maybe yeah. some other personal transformation. And, and we I do think that that's transformation. Super cool. And that it's program super cool. is called Look Like a Competitor, and that program is a twelve-week program. And I, th- it's been so fun to watch the transformations for this because these people have that same drive that a competitor does, but they don't necessarily have that dream and desire of the stage. And honestly, the stage is is really great for people who, A, either want to experience a stage or B, know what that experience on a stage feels like. Um, and, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of competitors come from dance backgrounds. And mm-hmm. like myself, I come from a dancing background. Um, and that desire to perform is another aspect of um, of the Getting whole competing stage. process. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're an hour into this, this episode and I really want to talk about um, – stage presentation and um 
posing and all that other stuff preparing for the stage. So that's going to be coming for you guys. Um, So today uh, I think was a great kind of like, you know, discussion over passion. You can tell we're passionate about whatever you want to accomplish. That's the whole bottom line. Yeah. And, and so, uh, if you did enjoy the podcast and you're just, um, you know, you're not driving at the moment, take a little screenshot of the podcast app right now and share it on your social media and tag us in your um, Instagram stories or Twitter or whatever you choose to use. Um, we would love to see that. We always love after these go up and those little Instagram tags come in. And so, um, that's going to be it for this week and next week we will talk about another lifestyle topic and I do think, don't quote me on this, but I do think I want to talk about binge eating um, and I think that uh, I just got a message in my inbox while I was sitting here, Jules was talking and I'm like, oh, what's this message? <laughs> um, so about about binge eating and I think that that's, you know, we could always, always, always um, benefit from a talk about that. So that should be coming next Tuesday. So be sure that you are subscribed to the podcast every Tuesday. A new episode will be uploaded. So thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye, everybody. Till next time. Bye.